You're listening to the Win Build Send Podcast, a podcast focused on evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. I'm your host, Gabriel Minchaka. Thanks for listening. So uh, this is Gabriel Minchaka. You're here uh, with the Wind Build Send Podcast. I'm here with my cousin, Michael Hernandez who will be going into the Austin area in the great state of Texas. So Mike, why don't you just go ahead and say hi, introduce yourself a little bit, give us some background, who you are, what okay. favorite food you have, oh, man. What, favorite, okay. what food do you despise? <laughs> it's, it's tough questions already. Um, well, yeah, my name is Mike Hernandez. My wife is Jessica Hernandez. I've been married for about five years now, a little over five years. We have two kids and one on the way, which is crazy. Um, and yeah, we've been a part of Praise Chapel for a really long time, my whole life, born into it. Um, my dad pastored the church, or our grandfather was a pastor in, this, in Praise Chapel, so, you know, we've been a part of this for a really long time. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? <laughs> oh, man. See, the thing is this, is that you can always eat pizza. Yeah. Right? Like, there, there isn't, there's not a bad time to have pizza, so I'd say pizza's top, for sure. Um... I love In-N-Out. I really do. A lot of people out of California say it's overrated. I really don't care. Um, the good thing is this, is that there is actually In-N-Out very close to where we're moving to. So. Yes, as I understand it, In-N-Out is centralized in Texas now. Yeah, that was our confirmation right there. Okay. So. so that was nothing Nothing Holy Spirit. Did. Nothing. We, <laughs> we knew In-N-Out was close, and that was it. Done. Okay, so you got two kids. <clears throat> yes. Names? <laughs> My son is Liam Michael Hernandez. My daughter is Rylan Emma Hernandez, and our third baby is unknown. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, and we don't really have any names lined up because it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> it's never an accident, man. Uh, no, it was God's will, but we weren't aware of it. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what we wanted to talk about today um, is just anybody that's that has the idea of church planting, or just the, this, they feel sometimes what we use... We use the terminology, you feel called by God to go pioneer something. So let me ask you, so growing up in church, like as I mentioned in the beginning, we're both cousins. You mentioned our, our grandfather, he's a pastor. Your dad, he's a pastor. My dad, he's a pastor. Uh, we got lots of family and ministry. But like, how did you know that you were called? And I'm using that terminology because that's what we're used to and the people yeah, we're around. And so definitely called. Um, the crazy thing is this, is that I kind of grew up with the idea that I would always do this, right? So, like, it was always kind of in my mind, like, eventually I'm going to go start in pastor church from from as far back as I can remember. I remember actually having a conversation with my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, saying, listen, I'm going to do something for God that probably isn't as, that easy and might be a little bit crazy, but I need to know now if you're willing to do that because if not, this relationship is not going to work. So in my mind, I kind of always knew, right? Always knew that, that we were I was called right quote unquote called to do this and uh but it, what the funny thing is the most recent years and, pro- and i think i've talked i talked to you about this before is is probably in the last three to five years i begin to ask myself the question of am i called or do i just feel like i'm called because you know it's what we grew up in am mm-hmm. i called or do i just feel it because it's what my dad did what my grandpa did what my family do, what is doing and so there was a time in my life when the past few years when I really, really had to seek God and say, Lord, what do you want for my life? 
I don't want to pastor a church if it's just I'm if I'm just doing it because I have to do it or because I feel like it's the thing to do. It's the praise chapel way or whatever. I had to know. And in order to know, I think I had to be okay with not doing it. And I had to be okay with saying, you know, maybe maybe it's not my calling, maybe it's not God. And so in that time of just you know, praying, seeking God, I, I started to think about other options. What else could we do? Um, what else did I feel like I was called to do? What were some of those options? What were so, the things that popped up? So one of the things that popped up is, is um, you know, we had this I had the conversation with my brother-in-law, Marcel, who I think you actually had on the podcast once. I did, Pastor Marcel. He did Praise Chapel, yeah, Pasadena. So we had a conversation, and one of those things was I actually really wanted to start a young adult conference. Not just Praise Chapel. I wanted to do... Something that was bigger than that. Some, because if you look around, there's a lot of conferences. There's a lot of get-togethers. Um, but, you know, the substance is a little bit different. You know, it's, it's maybe not something that I felt like. I felt like th- this generation of, of, that, that I'm in really needed that, that move of God. And so I really wanted to begin to, to throw or to start doing young adult conferences. So that was one of the options. Another option was actually I prayed about and thought about actually going and helping another church. And they, they had just started their plant. And so we prayed about doing that. Um, it, it went so far as me actually sitting down with my pastor and saying, hey, this is something I'd like to do. What do you think? And what were you going to do? So basically the idea was to go and help them plant the church to get some experience to see if it was something that, that I felt me and my family wanted to do. So in a roundabout way, though, this was still about going out. Like Yes, it, but the difference, I think, at that point was I wasn't pastoring. Okay. I always knew, for sure, the calling, I think, is always to help the church, right? Um, not your personal church, but the church as a whole, the body of Christ. Any calling, I, I believe, is to to bring um, influence and to help. So I knew that I, that was along what God wanted me to do. But, uh, so that, yeah, I guess you can say it was kind of the same, but still in the sense it was different for me because it was something I never thought about before. So it was starting a young adult conference, um, going to help another church plant. Another one was I thought maybe I'd just stay a young adult uh, pastor. Maybe my wife just do this for till whenever we can. And then we, you know, we get promoted to uh, assistant pastor. And then one day, who knows what God has for us after promoted. that. Promoted. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, okay. So, um, but I think the most important thing was that I was okay with not going. Yeah. And I think until then, at, until that moment in my life, I was never okay with that. So, so then, okay, so the idea of, of going and pioneering or starting a ministry, starting a church, that was something that was always kind of in you. Yes. Now, with that being said, like, you know, obviously your dad was a, was a pastor. You saw the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. What influence or impact did that have on you? I don't, I, to be honest, to be completely honest, I don't think it really impacted me at all. Because to me, the good that I saw out of it is worth the bad and the ugly, right? Look, the, the good that can come out of answering the call is worth all the crap that you go through with people and and with, you know, the churches around you or, or whatever it may be. I just, I just always saw that through all of the, the bad and the ugly that we just continue to love people as a family. I remember seeing my parents just continue to love people. And what came out of that was was really really good so to be honest none of that had an effect on on if i wanted to do it or not i you know what i mean i don't know if yeah. that like kills the question but it really did it to me it was a matter of does god want me to do it 
if he does, then I'm going to do it. But I need to know for sure. Or not, not even for sure. I just need to know it's God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so with the good, the bad, and the ugly, I was willing to take all that on in any ministry, in any calling, as long as God was calling me to that. Yeah. So you're going into Texas, and you're going you're gonna to pioneer a new church. So you're going to church plant in the Austin area of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and the name of that church is going to be... It's going to be Reclaim Church. Reclaim. Reclaim. So now this is in direct like uh, cooperation and even partnership uh, to Angel and Desiree Flores, who are pastoring Reclaim Church. Um, I believe they're Flu- Flug- Round Rock. They're in Pflugerville. Pflugerville. Okay. Yeah. In Fl- Pflugerville. So, so you guys are going and you're planting another church not too far from them, correct? Yeah. So they're going to be in Pflugerville. We're going to a city called Hutto. H-U-T-T-O. Whenever I say huddle, people say huddle. Like, you know, you're huddling together. No. Huddle. Huddle, Texas. And so it's probably about... City to city is probably like 10 minutes apart. But um, church to church, maybe about 25 minutes, depending on where we, depending on where we open up our church. So it would be similar to like, would you say Downey Whittier or Downey Norwalk? It's probably more Downey Norwalk. Downey Norwalk. Pretty close, yeah. Okay. So then you're going to plant a new church, and you're working directly with them. So can you explain a little bit of that for people who are like, are they going to go do or be part of the same church? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, can you explain a little bit of that? Yeah, so we're going to go and start, like you said, start a brand new church in the city of Huddle. But yes, we're definitely going to partner with, with Pastor Angel and Desiree because, one, they've already done it. And so I feel like they have a lot of, lot of wisdom and, and, pointers and direction that they can really help us with and offer and to their family right so we kind of, I, I grew up with angel we know each other so to partner with him is actually um re- very helpful to me and my family you know we're friends we're family we love each other but also we want to we want to make sure that we're we're starting a movement in in that area of of a family-filled church of a church that is a little bit different from the churches that are around there and so I think it is important that people in the area know that we are connected. Yeah. And so although we're starting two different churches, we're still going to do things together, right? Like community. So I think I think I hope that kind of yeah, it question. definitely brings some more clarity to it. So Pastor Angel, when I was there, I was able to number one to go just hang out with them, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I was able to minister at the church, and it was a good church, man. Like they it, like the reality of of what God has done with. They have not been there that long. I mean, I think how many? Do you know how many time? How many years? I think they just celebrated their one year anniversary as a church. As a church, but they've been there two they've years. Been maybe. there, I think, about two years. Yeah. yeah. So then, like you, you go to this church and it's a solid church. It has solid members, uh, people who are. Um, it's it's a community. It's like a real community, mm-hmm. and so um, that was, I was just really like impressed and like wow, like dude, that's awesome. So you're going in and you're going to be working alongside a guy who's had some pretty solid success. Yeah. Is that at all intimidating to you? I, th- I think a little bit, if I'm honest, a little bit intimidating. But I, but I, we we have to just, me and my family, we're going in. We're not trying to compete with anybody. We're not comparing ourselves to anybody. Angel's doing a great job and I love him and I love what he's doing. But we're not trying to do exactly what he's doing. And he's not going to do exactly what we're going to do, right? So I think... If you go into with the mindset of yeah, I have to be as big as this church or as good as that church, and you know when you're planting, if if that's your mindset, then I think you've already lost. 
you are you're already you know ten steps behind. But if you go with the mindset of I'm just gonna do what God is asking me to do. I'm not gonna compare myself to anybody else. Yeah, I'm gonna look to them as an influence, but I'm not gonna compare. So it's a little bit intimidating. But at the same time, it's really good if you can say asset to the church, right? So let's say I have a small group of people. I can take them to visit his church. And yeah, one or two might stay. <laughs> but Church transfers. Yeah, church transfers, right? We know about those, right? So one or two might stay, but, but I can show the people that I have like, hey, we can one day be this. We could one day have something similar to this, right? So they, so the people in my church know that it's not just small vision. It's not just, oh, we want to stay in our house forever. It's, hey, we're starting this here, but eventually we're going to grow. And it's just like taking them to a conference, right? We're not we're not intimidated by a conference because we know that it's purpose. We know it's the, the reason it's there. But we take people to those conferences to say, listen, look at the vision. Look the at bigger how, picture. the bigger picture. This is... This is what we're a part of. And so I think it's a little bit intimidating, but at the same time, I think it's a it's a good thing for us. Yeah. So then let's let's pull out even even further with when we talk about the bigger picture. You guys, you're you're going in, uh, Pastor Angel's already there. They have, like I said, a, a solid ministry, awesome, awesome group of people. Um, and you're planting a ministry. But as I understood it, there's an even bigger picture that you guys want to build a little bit, uh, something bigger. So maybe you can elaborate on that. So as far as far as I know that we've kind of talked about, it's not obviously nothing said in you know in writing or like this crazy plan. But what we would like to see is is a fellowship of churches out in the Austin area, and so you know hopefully you know more people send people out to that area of Austin um, because it's just there's so many people moving to Texas right now. There's so many people you know buying houses and in our area, our our city. Like if you if you ever visit. Um, I know you don't like Texas, but if you ever visit... Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! I know you're not a big fan of the, the humidity out there, but if you ever decide to come visit my little church in, in Hutto, you'll see that if you drive you know, 20 minutes one way, it's just straight up farms, but 20 minutes the other way, it's a lot of houses and a lot of businesses. So the reason I'm saying that is because it's growing, right? Something is happening there. There's a lot of people going to that area for some reason, and so it's just that we feel that it's a good time to send churches there. Send churches. A lot of second, gen, second, third generation Hispanics who don't speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. A lot of young families. I think that the for my city, the highest demographic is I think twenty five to thirty three, married with young children. So it's like it's a very, very ripe uh, area to send a church. And so if we send multiple churches out there, we're just helping. We're just you know, I don't, I don't know. Like if you're playing Risk, you want to send all your soldiers to the to the right places. So I, I think it's the same way. We want to send people there. Yeah. So then eventually you want to see like a, a cluster of churches. Absolutely. And then from that, what, what, is you, what have you guys envisioned or even uh, well, discussed? Like, do you want to plant churches? Absolutely. absolutely. So so it's funny because Angel's Church is a year old. You've been there. It's, it's pretty big, but it's not, you know, it's not a huge church, but eventually it will get there. My church hasn't even started yet. So it's, it's you know, we have a member, our numbers are about four people dedicated yes <laughs> dedicated loyal members yes because they have to but um but eventually that our church is going to be one of the churches that were there first so we're going to be able to be a part of the the start of it all right so yeah, heck yeah we want to we want to plant churches that that's that's the vision is that we my church angel church we begin to plant into that area as well okay and then and then just Keep going. Keep building that. And into Texas or out of Texas or everywhere? I think for now, if you ask us right now, our, our vision is Texas. Yeah. The vision is Texas, right? All of it. To All own of it. it. We want to own it. We want it. 
We want the whole thing, the whole state. The whole state. <laughs> Every city in Texas, we're going to have a church. But obviously, you know, 15 years from now, who knows? Who knows where we're going to be at? Yeah. So then what about, you know, like like we I mentioned earlier, you're uprooting your family. You're going over there. Um, how's, how's your wife in, in the adjusting to the idea of the move? Um, she's actually doing surprisingly well. Surprisingly yes, well. Surprisingly well. No, she's she's very close to her family. That's mm-hmm. why I say that. I'm not saying that she's not down. I'm saying she's very close to her 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 mom, her aunt, her grandma. They're they're all very important people in her life and they're not coming with us. Okay, so let's 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 break it down to like an example. Uh seven days a week. Um how many days of the week is she either around or at their house, they're at your house? She's Five out of seven days, either we're at their house or, or she's at their house with the kids or one of them is at our house with her and the kids um, all the time. So then even even yourself, like how, how many days out of the week are you with family? Um, I would say maybe maybe once a week, if that. Sometimes, you know, you know how it is. It gets really busy. Yeah. But I'd say average about once a week. So then both of you guys are, are going to have to adjust to that distance. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of steps have you taken or have you prepared in any way at all? Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how... I wouldn't know how to prepare for that Mm because we've never done it. Okay. So I think the ways we have prepared is we're trying to just enjoy every moment with them. Trying to just, you know, I find myself just kind of sitting back, not saying much and just watching my family interact with my kids and my kids play and jump around with their cousins and all that stuff. So... Um, I kind of just we, we're just learning to enjoy those moments before we leave and taking advantage of the fact that we know we're leaving and we know that hey we got to hold on to these you, know, you got to have some important conversations mm-hmm. you know have have meaningful meaningful time to, together not just you know I don't really like to be on my phone with my family anymore I like to put it down and just focus in on what's going on so I think in that way we're preparing um, but again we don't know what's going to be like we've never done this so in a sense, like you're preparing for the future by being in the present. Yes. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. that would be the best way to best way to put it. Taking advantage of of the time we have now. So like, okay, so did you guys both this or, or even still are you discussing like because I know that for Vanessa and myself we would discuss like fears or like um, you know challenges or like man that's going to be hard to do or or we're excited about that but we know that the other end is like kind of like sad. So like, have you guys talked about it a lot? We, we definitely talk about it. Um, me and my wife actually started doing this new thing. It's actually really cool, so I, I would suggest it. We have this notebook, and what we do is is we basically write to each other. And so I'll write something, I'll give it to her. She'll write something, she'll give it to me. Um, and so we, we're in, in that notebook, I'm able to ask, what are, you, what are you afraid of? What are you worried about? And she'll ask me the same things. And so we're kind of able to be transparent with each other in a little bit. It's kind of easier um, because, you know, with the kids and all the all the things that's going on, it's hard to have just a sit down conversation a mm-hmm, lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we definitely talk about what we're worried about, and I think the biggest worry for us is our kids. You know, they prob my son is already ready to go. He's like, I want to go to Austin, Texas. Let's move today. Like he wants to go. He wants to have his Ninja Turtle room. All this, all this crazy stuff. But but what we're concerned for is is the time with their family. You know, like my kids aren't going to grow up with their grandparents. My kids aren't going to grow. up with their cousin my kids aren't going to grow up with their aunts they're going to grow up with family friends not actual family family and so i think that's that's the hard part and that's what we're worried about so like my daughter from my parents she's the only granddaughter in our family at this point right 
and obviously they love my son just as much maybe maybe not because it's a girl right <laughs> um but same thing with with her mom my kids for her parents are their only grandkids and so that's a big deal taking them away from that family so i yeah. think that is our biggest concern so then like um how are you handling it like what are you doing are you just kind of saying like preparing that it is what it is just like i said just spending time with him okay so right. that's her main answer. That's our main, main thing. Like, her mom always has our kids at this point. Like, whenever we want to go out or we have church or something, we usually drop them off. If it's one of our young adult services, we'll drop them off at her house. They'll spend, like, they're spending the night now more often. My parents are watching them more often because I feel like they're also trying to retain that time, right? Yeah. Retain those moments. So I think that that's the best way to put it is, yeah, time. And it is kind of difficult, though, because, like, uh, it, it's obviously apples and oranges in the comparison, but in the idea or the principles of it, like say like you're going to fast, the people who slowly prepare to fast and they're just kind of eating less and less, they go into a fast kind of like, this is pretty easy. But the ones who like are eating crazy, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like three days before they're going to fast, oh, yeah. it's super difficult. So it's almost a, a difficult balance that you have to find of like, man, like, like we're around them so much and then boom, they're gone. they're gone. And so, and I'm saying that not from a place of like, you know, guessing it's like, cause we, we've, we've kind of seen yeah. that happen. But, um, so then you're looking at that stuff, you're, you're looking at your family, uh, you have those, those concerns, those fears. Obviously we, as Christians, we pray, we trust God, but what about real like, um, issues of, say someone wants to go start a church or ministry pioneer, they're going into a different state. They have no job. They have no connections. Obviously, this is a bit of a different situation because you have some connections. Yeah. But like, what about those fears? Did that play into anything? Like, did you and uh, your wife Jessica talk about any of the areas like that? We were able to take a trip out there before, and um, and so we we kind of went to the WalMarts. We went to the shops they had. We went to the YMCA. We just kind of started seeing, okay, what's around here that that we can relate to. Um, where do we connect the most? You know, so we actually went to Round Rock. We went to Pflugerville. We went to uh, the different cities around. We went to downtown Austin. We went to the city we're actually moving to. We kind of just, we want to see the people that were living there. We want to see the people that were out. And and so that was kind of our way of overcoming those fears of just kind of testing it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think what we're more worried about was, you know, we don't know what we're doing, right? We've never moved out of state. We've never been away from our family. We've never started a church. And it's not like we took classes on all these things, right? We didn't go to like Bible school and learn how to, you know, whatever they teach you there. I've never been, but <laughs> we didn't do all those things. So I think that was the practical worry of, okay, yeah, we're down to go, but how and how do we do it? Yeah. Where do you even start, right? Like how do you even meet somebody how do you tell? How do you go to somebody and get to the point of, hey, how's it going? My name is Mike. To hey, come to my house. To hey, you know, do you want to be a part of my church? Like, I don't know how to do that. Those steps that need to be taken, I don't know how to do that. So the way we tackled that, that one worry was, I begin to call pastors that have done it. I begin to just ask questions. Um, I talked to Angel a lot. I sat with him probably hours on hours getting strategy, asking just random questions. I talked to Pastor Marcel, you know, how are you doing this? I talked to, I sat down with Pastor Mike and Abby from Praise Chapel Bell Gardens. Me and my wife just 
asked a bunch of questions um, because, yeah, I understand that God is a part of it. I understand that you trust the Holy Spirit and His guidance and His leading. And there's going to be miracles that are going to be done. There's going to be couples that come in and we're going to say, man, how did this even happen? We never even really planned that. But at the same time, I want to be ready, right? So what we the way we got ready is we sat and we asked questions, took yeah. notes, yeah. right? I listened to like a ton of podcasts on team building, church planning, um, just a bunch of different things so that I can say, yeah, God, I know you're going to do the miracle. I know that this is a work of you, but I want to be prepared. Yeah, I want to do my part, right? So I think that's how we kind of tackled those fears and those worries was just asking questions. So like, um, we, we'll start to close it up a little bit, but like Pastor Omar, who's your, uh, he's your pastor. You've been in his ministry for how many years now? She's over 10. I honestly lose count. Okay. So you've been under Pastor Omar for 10 plus years. Um, there's been development, discipleship, um, you know, spiritual guidance, you're, you're stepping out away from that, having that, um, you're having that access daily where you can just call them up and be like, Hey man, like if there's a real emergency, you can call them and be like, can we meet today? Yeah. And it's a possible thing. So now you're going to Texas. So is there any concern there as far as like, like you're having your, your mentor or like, you know what I mean? Like your, your pastor with you. Um, I haven't really even thought about that. So that's a good question. But I, I think if quickly to answer that is, is thank God for technology, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to miss that. I can walk into his office and sit down and have these conversations, but I can still call him. I can still FaceTime him. Right. I can still do all those different things. And so I don't, I don't know if it's, I feel like this time around in our, in our life the, as human beings, this is the best time to do this kind of thing. Because there's so many things that are at your fingertips that you can just connect with those that you need to connect with. Like even um, beyond that, like promotion of your church, it's all online. It's just a matter of a yeah. click, right? Yeah. So like I find, I find comfort in that knowing that I can connect with him. But yeah, of course I'm going to miss, you know, just being able to come into his office and sit down with him and have a random conversation. Who are your main guys like that you go to and say like, I would look at these guys as like, my examples, my leaders, who would you name? So for sure, obviously my dad, my dad, but I think for him it's a little more personal stuff. It's not really church church related. Which is Uncle Dave or Pastor Dave, Pastor Dave. Hernandez. Cerritos, praise Chapel Cerritos. Cerritos. Yeah, he just started the church, great church. Well, so, so. Um, so he's definitely one of them. Pastor Omar, definitely. Um, and the funny thing is, which is great, is Pastor Angel, Pastor Angel okay. Flores. When he left, I would still call him. Because I, I needed his, I needed him, <laughs> you know, I needed his help or whatever okay. it was. So him and I have that. He, okay. he was my youth pastor. He's my youth pastor. He was here for years, so he was he's definitely one of those two. So okay, so there's those three guys. There's Pastor Dave Hernandez, Pastor Omar Lopez, and Pastor Angel Flores. Yeah. And those are your three guys. Um, now, would you recommend guys who are getting ready to go out or want to go out to have that? Absolutely. Why? Well, we all have really good ideas. But sometimes they're not so good, and we don't really understand that until we get an outside perspective. And so I think, think especially if you're a young man, you know, ready to kind of just tackle this thing, I think it's important to, to have somebody in your life who can be honest with you and um, who will tell you if you have a bad idea and give you a different perspective, a different way of looking at it. But also, you know, spiritually speaking, you're gonna, there's an attack on your life, right? The enemy's not just going to let you do something for God and, and be okay with it, like, I know there's going to be an attack on our lives and my family. I'm, I'm, and not that I'm necessarily like 
ready for it and 100% but unprepared and to have people that you can call and be honest with mm-hmm. you know not just say hey brother I'm doing alright but say hey man I'm really struggling like I'm not getting along with my wife right now or things aren't looking good in our church or, so, so are these things that actually happen like people don't get along with their wives and no man my, my marriage is perfect no definitely of course right like I think we all have this 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 false idea of what a pastor is because we see guys like Stephen Furtick we see guys like whoa 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 let's not yeah. name drop I don't want to get sued what? we see guys like Judas Smith oh, we gosh. see guys like Carl Lentz I'm gonna bleep these out <laughs> um we see no, no, no. You might not have to because what I'm saying is we see these guys and they're doing great things for God. People are getting saved. I have nothing against their ministry. I have nothing. I listen to their their sermons. I think they're good. But what I'm saying is we see it and we think pastor equals celebrity, right? And we think pastor equals perfect life. And um, I don't think that's true. Pastor, I think it's a hard thing. It's it's going to be tough. And so you have to have people in your life that you can call and be honest with. If you can't be honest with somebody, then my question was, are you even being discipled by anybody? Mm-hmm. Because honesty is key when it comes to discipleship. And so, I, of course, you need people like that. Okay. So if you could drop one piece of like advice to somebody who's, let's just say they're getting ready to go out and they're like, dude, what what is one thing that, that you've learned in being part of Praise Chapel, uh, Paramount Fellowship? that you've been around a lot of good guys. It's a fellowship that's thriving. There's a lot of good church planting going on. There's uh, a lot of of good stuff. What's one thing that you've seen as a consistent thing that you're like, dude, a lot of the guys I know that are really like doing something for God, they're doing this. Jeez, that's that's actually a very hard question because there's so many things to look at. Okay, I'm going to try to summarize it. So I have one answer, but I think there's two parts. It's one answer. Is that okay. right? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so the one answer that I've seen, if I can look back and say, man, this is one thing that I saw growing up in the fellowship, working in the fellowship, ministering in the fellowship, is it's not about ministry, and it's about people. It's about people, 100%. Obviously, yeah, you have your plans, you have your strategies, you have your ministries, you have all that stuff. But it's about the person, right? It's about loving and being there for people. Right, so like even the biggest church, if it's not there for people, I mean, is it is it is it successful, right? And so when it comes to people, in Paramount, there's also a great fellowship, great community of, of the pastors, right? So the pastors aren't concerned about is my church bigger than yours, or is do I have more people? Am I bringing in more money? The concern is each other. How are you doing? How you know you know what I mean? So there's that brotherhood, there's that sense of family when we get together as pastors. And so it's always been about people, mm-hmm. loving people, being there for people, and, and ministering to people, helping people get close to God. That's a good answer. All right, man. Do you want to uh, maybe just share what, what your church website is going to be, where they can find you guys, um, maybe even an email if they want to contact you. Uh, Michael and uh, Jess will be in Hutto, Texas. Uh, along with Pastor Angel and Desiree Flores, which they're in uh, Pflugerville. Pflugerville. And um, <clears throat> at this point, there's there's definitely talk of, of more church plants because they want to take over Texas. Yes, so. <laughs> it's, it's a big state, I think. It's it's kind of big. It's all right, uh, it's kind of big. But you ask the Alaskans, and they will. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. So give us maybe your church website. 
Okay, so our church website, it's there's not much up there, but it's basically you sign up uh, for more information, and we're we're in the like an email sign up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so it's actually reclaimchurchtx.com. Reclaimchurchtx.com. On there, you can sign up for um, updates. I'm gonna be starting a podcast pretty soon, just with with more information on the church, some some messages I'd like to share, whatnot. And then um, if you want to email us, it's contact at reclaimchurchtx.com. So, and then our Instagram, I think, is at reclaimtx. At reclaimtx. It's the same thing for our Facebook. Okay. So. And then um, maybe you just want to give a shout out to anybody, say hi to anybody in particular. Yeah, you know what? Of course, I want to thank my wife. She's the, she's the best. And I also want to thank my really close friend, Kobe Bryant. He's been a real inspiration in my life. <laughs> So, Kobe Bryant, Los Angeles Lakers. You know, you have to be a Mavericks fan in Texas now. No, I don't. A Spurs fan. No, I don't. It's one of those. I don't. Take it or leave it. I, the good thing is I don't really mind the Spurs. <laughs> oh, gosh. But you I already will, sound like a Texan. I will, I will always, you sound like a Texan. I will always be a Might Laker as well fan. put a Spurs jersey no, on, bro. I will, I, no, that, that won't happen. Go ahead. No. Tony Parker. Go ahead. No. Go ahead and just give a shout out to him really no. fast. No. Shout What's out. Up, one more time, shout out to um, Kyle Kuzma, Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Ricky of the year. Alright. Thanks, Mike, for being on. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe.